Come Holy Spirit, inflame the hearts of your faithful and the fire of your love. Come incomparable consoler, come sweet guest of the soul. Without your divine impulses, there's nothing in man that is pure and straight. Straighten the twisted heart. Strengthen the weak soul and give to your faithful who trust in you your seven sacred gifts, especially the gift of understanding to penetrate more and more into the depths of your word. Send, O Lord, your spirit over the earth, and all things will be renewed. O God, who sent the Holy Spirit to your apostles when they prayed with one accord, together with Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the upper room of Jerusalem, send us that same spirit that is light, strength, and love, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Most Holy Virgin, our Mother, Holy Mary, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Turn your eyes of mercy towards us. St. Joseph, spouse of Mary, pray for us. Angels and saints of God, pray for us. You guys can sit down for a second. Since today is Good Friday, day of a lot of sacrifices and penance, the sisters asked me to give this talk today. So you guys can do like a little bit more penance. Um, <laughs> we are going to talk today about the virtue of humility and the passion of Jesus Christ. Now, before we start, I want to kind of like explain what humility is not. Because a lot of times, I think people have a, a very wrong idea of what humility is. Humility is not just like, walking around, looking at the ground, looking sad all day and like not talking to anyone or just like hiding in a corner. Um, for instance, I think Sister Claire was humble, you know, but she was not like, oh, I don't know how to do anything. She was like, wow, like out there, like playing guitar, uh, telling jokes. And, and that all that is, is compatible with true hum- humility. St. Thomas puts humility underneath the virtue of temperance. And temperance is a regulation of our desire for pleasure. And he says that humility goes underneath that virtue because humility is, like, it moderates our disordered desire for self-excellence. Like, it, it controls, like, moderation is, like, in your room, you have like the thermostat. There's like that little knob on the left, on the right side that you like you, you that moderates the temperature. So like, humility moderates our disordered, which means not correct, wrong, our disordered desire for self excellence, giving us a true knowledge of self before God and before man. That's what humility is. Now, there are a lot of different levels of humility, and I want to talk to you guys today about the highest level of humility, which comes from St. Francis de Sales. I'm taking this from a book called Introduction to the Devout Life. It's a very, very good book. I recommend it very highly by St. Francis de Sales. And he says that the highest level of humility rejoices 
or that we rejoice in our own abjection. The highest level of humility, he says, that is when you get to a point where you actually take joy and that you rejoice in your own misery, in your own lowliness. We have to explain this a little bit. That doesn't mean that you rejoice when you sin because we can see right here, this, is, this statue is perfect because it shows us each one of his wounds, you could say, is one of our sins. So we, it's not, we aren't rejoicing in the fact that we sin. You can, you, if you have a Bible with you, you can read Isaiah 52 and 53 to see the consequences of our sin. We see on the cross, we see at the scourging of the pillar, we see the consequences of our sin. That's negative. He's not talking about that. He's not saying that we should... Um, just keep sinning. St. Paul also talks about that. He says, you've been redeemed. Don't, that doesn't mean that you can just like keep sinning because when we sin, we damage Jesus Christ. We hurt him. So when he says that the highest level of humility is rejoicing in our own abjection, in our own misery, he's not saying that we rejoice in our own sin. Then what is he talking about? Rejoicing in our own abjection is like taking advantage of those sins. I'll explain that. St. Paul says that all things turn to good for those who love God. Even our sin. Now that's, that's hard to understand, but I'll explain a little bit. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever practiced judo. I have not. I don't know. But like karate, there's a, there's a martial arts form that's called judo. I have no idea about it. I just know this, like, one little anecdote that kind of will help you understand this. I think if anyone is, like, a judo master, like, you can correct me later. Um, judo is the art of not, like, not so much strength, but rather when your enemy comes to attack you, you just, like, use his, his momentum and his strength to like flip them over and to you, you, you take the other person's strength and you use it against them. And he said, that's what judo is. So that's a little bit how we can, we can take advantage of our faults as well and our sins and, and rejoice, not in the sin, not in the consequence, the negative consequence in sin, but in the humiliation that it causes us. Because what are we talking about? We're talking about the virtue of humility, which is the base of all other virtues. If you don't have this virtue, you will not be virtuous. And any virtue that you have is not really a virtue. If you don't have humility, you have, you have nothing. And so we're talking about, we're, we, we would like to get the highest level of virtue so that we can become the greatest saints that we can become. But rejoicing in our own objections, so what does that mean? Rejoicing in things like, for instance, uh, when I trip and fall, it, literally, like not just like in sin, but like when I trip and fall and everybody looks and like laughs at me, well, like the highest level of humility would, would rejoice in that. Lord, I've been, I've been humiliated. Thank you. Um, maybe you have a, a bad temper and uh, somebody, you lose your patience and you get mad and, and you, you yell. Ah! Uh, you, you get mad at one of your kids or, or, uh, or at one of your friends or... Uh, you scold somebody that maybe it wasn't their fault, and then and then you, um, and you think and you're like, oh man, I just, oh man, I just, everybody just saw how I got mad, and everybody knows now that I'm not a saint, and like, oh man, or 
Or, oh, man, everybody just saw that I just ate, like, I know it's a day of fast, but I just had, like, 14 pieces of bread and, like, oh, and I snuck, like, a cup of orange juice, but it fell on the ground. Everybody saw that I wasn't fasting or, or maybe, or, or maybe you're diabetic and, and, like, you need to eat food at, at different times of the day and everybody sees that and they're like, oh, oh they're going to think I'm not a saint. Okay, well, these little, these are little humiliations. And the same, so I'm not, I don't rejoice in the fact that I got mad at my brother or, or sister, and I, and I scolded them. But I, I rejoice in, uh, like, we, we use the judo. Like, okay, Satan comes at me. He, I, I, okay, I sinned. But now I'm going to, like, take that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it over on him. And I'm, I'm going to rejoice in, in the humiliation that I received. Okay, that's, that's all nice, but it's, it's, like, it's really hard. <laughs> um. Like this is the highest level of humility, and a lot of we're not really capable. When you when you when you when you're humiliated, your your pride comes out, and you always want to just like say it's somebody else's fault, or 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 well, no, I'm you know I was just tying my shoe, or like you you don't no one wants we don't want to be humiliated. I don't know if you've ever prayed the litanies of humility, but they're also like really hard to pray <laughs> um, with your whole heart. You know, like the last one says that, you know, and to, to, you, to pray it well, you know, it says like, Lord, that everybody else be holier than me, except as long as like I can, I can, I can reach that level of holiness that, um, that you want me to receive, that, uh, that others be held in higher esteem than I, uh, that, that others be chosen and I be forgotten. Well, it's like, oh man, it's hard to pray that with all of our with all of our heart, to really, truly ask God for humiliations. It's not easy. There's a famous quote by St. Teresa. I'm sure, I think I've, I've seen it here at the home, like on the walls. And she says that humility is walking in the truth. But the, the, the quote doesn't stop there. But a lot of people stop the quote there. Humility is walking in the truth. Uh, and, you know, I'm awesome. So <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> well, she continues. And she says, humility is walking in the truth. And it is such a great truth not to think that there is anything good in us, but rather misery and nothingness. A lot of people don't memorize that part of the quote. And, and he who does not understand this walks in a lie. There's nothing, there's, there's, there's nothing good in us but rather misery and nothingness. These are hard truths to swallow. I'm going to give you, I'm going to help you. We're going to get to this. We're going to get to the answer. How, how can we obtain that, that highest level of, of humility? What is the key? More, more who is the key to obtaining humility? Jesus Christ. He is the answer. He is the only person, the only person that is really humble. We can see his humility in his whole life. He even defined himself. He said, come to me, all you are weary. Not because I am strong and I'll fight your enemies. He didn't say, because I am beautiful or because I am smart. Or I can sing well. Or I can, I can play sports. He said, come to me and learn from me because I am meek and humble of heart. That is how Jesus Christ described himself. 
in his life, in his birth, but especially in his passion. The key to humility, the key to understanding St. Francis de Sales and the litanies of humility is the passion of Jesus Christ. What we're going to do now is I'm going to lead you on a little meditation with the litanies of humility and the passion. When you pray the litanies of humility, take a scene from the passion of Christ to have in your mind as you're praying. In the Gospel of St. John, one of the themes that's present there is the, the royalty of Jesus Christ, him being a king. Now, there's a Jesuit priest of ours, a friend of ours, who explained to us something that blew my mind that's called uh, chiasm, I think in, in, in English, uh, chiasmo in Espanol. And what, what that basically is, is that in the Gospel of St. John, there's a literary device that acts kind of like a, a sandwich. It's like a, like a gospel sandwich. You have different verses in the gospel, like let's say A, B, C, D, E, okay? Different verses. In those verses, they mirror each other. So you'll have like A, B, C, D, E, and then like E2, D, C, B, A. Does that make sense? So it like you have like, mm, in one passage of the, the, the gospel, you have like these, these verses that mirror each other. They look almost exactly the same. It's like Pilate handed him over, and then 10 verses later, Pilate handed him over. Like you can see that, especially in the Greek. You can see how the, the gospel mirrors itself. And now why would he do that? Why would, why would John do that? Because in the center, it's like, it's like these, it mirrors and it points to a, a verse that's the most important one in, in, in that gospel passage. Now, our, our good friend, Father Rojas, Rojas, he says that in the Passion, in, in John's uh, relato, his, his telling of the Passion of Christ, he says that the center of the entire Passion is in John 19, verse 3. And I'm going to read that to you. And this is going to help us understand all this. And it says in John 19, 3, And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly. Now, when we read that, how on earth can we, as sinners, miserable, poor creatures, want self-excellence and not want humility? I'm going to read the litanies of humility. I recommend if you have a problem with pride to pray this every single day. We all have a problem with pride, so it's good to pray it every day. He says... And think about that, that moment where, where, where the king of the entire universe, God, made man, who should have everything at his feet and every single person on earth worshiping him, is being blasphemed and made fun of by a group of Roman soldiers. Him being the true king, he allows himself to be 
crowned by them with a crown of thorns and mockery. We pray. From the desire of being esteemed. In that moment, was he being esteemed? Do we not want to be like Christ? Did he not allow himself to be mocked? From the desire of being loved. Did they love him in that moment? From the desire of being exalted, deliver me, Lord. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Lord. From the desire of being praised, from being preferred, from being consulted, from being approved. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Lord. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Lord. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Lord. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Lord. From the fear of being forgotten, of being ridiculed, of being wronged, of being suspected. That others may be loved more than I. That others be more esteemed than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I decrease. That others be chosen and I set aside. That others be praised and I forgotten. That others be preferred to me in everything. Lord, that others may be holier than I, as long as I may become as holy as you want me to be. Madre Maravillas, Mother Maravillas, she helped reform the Carmelite order in Spain. She, what she did was she, she, she brought a lot of Carmelite monasteries back to their old rule to make sure that they were living orthodox and in and, and the way that St. Teresa wanted her sisters to live. She was very holy, very holy. And one time she overheard somebody talking about her. And she already was like famous for being a saint. And, and this person she overheard said something like, you know, oh, she's such a saint. Wow, look, look at how, wow, she's such a saint. And inside Mother Maravillas, this little like well of pride just came up. And she rejoiced. And the fact that they were talking well about her and calling her a saint. You know, she, she sinned and, and pride. And our Lord, in that moment, spoke to her and said, and they took me for a fool. A lot of times we want other people to esteem us highly. And we forget that Jesus Christ chose another way. So why should we rejoice in our own abjection? Well, first of all, because Christ loves abjection. He loves misery. Merciful, in, in Spanish it works better, misericordioso, misery, cordi. It's like his heart goes to what is, to, to, to misery. Merciful, it works better in, in Latin. It's, 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 it's a heart that is poured out upon miserable things. So when we rejoice in our own objection, one of, one of the benefits is that we, we, we go to Christ. Because when we see ourselves as so excellent and so great, we forget that we need a Savior. We forget that we need Jesus Christ because we're so holy. When actually we're not. And we need him. And he said, the healthy do not need a doctor. If you're healthy, then, then you don't need a doctor. If you have weaknesses, if, if you have falls, that's okay. Get up and go back to him. He loves you. 
this practice makes us humble before God. And what does that do? Because a lot of times we're so afraid of being humiliated, we don't do the will of God. Do you think Sister Claire was afraid of being humiliated? No, she was humble. So what does that mean? She just like hid herself. You know, I don't know how to tell jokes. I don't know how to, I don't know how to play music. I don't know how to do that. No, she came out of herself and she wasn't afraid to maybe be humiliated. And she grew and she wasn't afraid to do the will of God. A lot of times our fear of being humiliated, which we disguise as holiness, which is fake holiness and fake humility, stops us from doing the will of God. And when we are truly humble, we stop trusting in ourselves because a lot of times people say you know I can't I, I have a lot of hard time with trusting God well stop trusting in yourself and trust in God true humility will bring us confidence in him I have not come to save the just but sinners that will give you a lot of consolation and lastly it helps us to humble ourselves before our fellow man you know oh, I have I have a problem with judging others you know, I can't stop thinking bad about these other people. Those are symptoms of pride because we are esteeming ourselves higher than others. And so we're always like looking for ways to put them down, to try and like climb up above other people, to, see, to make sure that everybody else sees that I'm, I'm holier than everybody else. True humility, I think it's 1 Corinthians 13, talks about love. Well, love, love seeks to, to forgive and it seeks to, like, find excuses for other people instead of judging them. It seeks to love others first. In this time that we have now, spend time with Jesus Christ. The, the answer to all this, the only way you can be truly humble is if you meditate the passion of Jesus Christ. And I would say today, this morning, meditate the crowning of thorns. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. To be in his presence. See how the soldiers place the crown of thorns on his head. What do they say to him? How does Christ react when they humiliate him? Does he love those that are humiliating him? Look at his eyes. If you can, for just a brief moment, try to make eye contact with Jesus Christ with the crown of thorns on his head. Spend time with him. Ask him for the grace to be humble. Amen.